Hey, this is Kevin here, lead pastor at Thrive Church. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today online, listening to our message series. You'll get to hear today from one of our team teachers, one of our communicators. What we use is a communication team because we're one church in two locations. And so you'll get to hear from one of our campus pastors or other communicators here at Thrive Church. And you've joined us in a series called When Life Gives You, and you know, lemons. When life gives you lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade. So we're calling this series When Life Gives You. And it's actually a series in the life of Joseph. And what we're doing is we're discovering different parts of Joseph's life because he went through such tough times. He went through a lot of pain, a lot of trials. God had given him a big dream as a young man. And throughout the years, it took a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of shaping to see God's dream come to pass in his life. And so what we want to do, we want you, whenever you're faced with a tough time, when you're faced with a painful season, when life gives you lemons, when life gives you hurt, when life gives you pain, when life gives you disappointment, what are you going to do? You're going to turn it into good because, listen, what the enemy has meant for evil in your life, God will use for good. And so at Thrive Church, we want you to grow during this series. Why? Because your growth matters to us. If you can, if you've not downloaded our app yet, make sure you download our app as well to stay um, in touch with the latest series. And if you have any questions, need anything, visit us online at thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Good morning. Good to have you guys with us today. Well, we are kicking off a brand new series. You've joined us doing this today in a series called When Life Gives You. And of course, the theme is lemons. And uh, have you ever uh, had that quote before, when life gives you this? We want to talk in the next several weeks about what happens when life gives you, and you can fill in the blank, disappointment. What happens when life gives you betrayal? What happens when life gives you hurt? What happens when life gives you addiction? What happens when life gives you broken relationships? What do you do with that? Because see, we live in a world that maybe you think you're the only person here that's experiencing or has experienced that. But the truth of the matter is, every one of us either has experienced it recently or are currently experiencing it right now. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph. If you've never studied the life of Joseph, it's an incredible story of a young Jewish boy who God really puts him through the ringer. It's not a story of just um, blessing to blessing or glory to glory. It's a story of like God why would you do that to any human being in the world? And if you have your copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn to Genesis 37, verse 3, as we open up today in that passage, Genesis 37, verse 3. Have you ever asked the question when you've been going through a painful season, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like when we go through painful seasons, when you've had a loved one die, or you've went through the hurt of a broken relationship, or maybe even a spiritually dry season, maybe you open the Bible and it's like, I don't really want to read the Bible today. Or you pray and you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling. Have you ever been in a situation where you've wondered, is God taking a break? Yes. Or maybe God's on his iPhone surfing and he's not paying attention to your situation. Have you ever felt that way before? I know in my seasons I have. And if you've ever felt that way, you're at the right place today. Because we're going to look at that in this story. story of Joseph. And I want you to write this down in your notes. If you have your connection card handy, write this down. This is the key to today's message. God wants to use our painful seasons in powerful ways. Say it one more time. God wants to use our painful seasons in powerful ways. 
See, that sounds like an oxymoron, right? And that's what I've come to talk to you about today is the oxymoron of a powerful and painful season. Because when we go through pain, it seems like there's nothing powerful about that. When you're in the valley, it seems like there's nothing powerful about that. Matter of fact, if you have been following Jesus for any amount of time, you equate powerful with like that revival service you attended or that sermon you heard or that great you know, experience that you had at a church. You don't equate God's power in pain. You don't equate God's power in weakness. But when you look at Scripture, these two things, powerful and painful, are just like Forrest and Jenny, two peas in a pod. And if you don't know the Forrest Gump reference, watch the movie today, y'all. Come on. But that's how that works in God's kingdom. It's a total oxymoron that actually fit together well. And we look at the life of Joseph, you're going to see God use somebody in a powerful way, in an impactful way. And I think if I asked you, do you want your life to count for something? None of you would say, nah, I don't want my life to count for much. <laughs> nah. I want people to forget about me. I just want to kind of coast through life. I actually, you know, at my funeral, I don't even want a funeral. Like, I want my life to count for nothing. None of us would say that, would we? But if you want God to use you in an impactful way on any level, a powerful way on any level, it's going to take pain. Welcome to Thrive Church. I'm so glad you've joined us today. And so this, the life of Joseph, what we see is, is this is thousands of years ago. You have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the fathers of faith in the Jewish, uh, you know, I guess genealogy. And Jacob has a youngest son named Joseph out of all the brothers. And that's his favorite son because I'm a youngest child. I tell my brother all the time, I remind him, you know I'm the favorite, right? Parents say they don't have favorites. Yeah, you do because I was the favorite. Well, well, in this story, Joseph is actually the favorite. And so if you have your copy of God's Word, let's look at Genesis 37.3. And let's see what happens here in Joseph's life. It says this in verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. <laughs> Parents, let me just tell you something. The most embarrassing thing was mom would make something for me to wear to school, right? <laughs> he made a beautiful robe for me. He's like, gee, thanks, dad. Uh, verse 4, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of him. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And one night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Verse 6, he tells his dream. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Something super important, I just want to in insert this here. We assume that Joseph was just a great, wonderful, young person at 17 years old as you're reading this with these dreams. A lot of times, what you're going to see in Joseph's life in this whole series is, it's the way he talked about the dreams. There may have been a little bit of pride in those dreams. Hey guys, let me tell you a dream I had. Brothers. See, sometimes God has to get some things out of us before he can use us. Sometimes he has to put us through pain because he has to reshape our, our, our lives. And at Joseph at that point, somebody likes pain, nobody else does. But, but, but at that point there, it says the way he talked about them. Let me just say this. When God puts something in your heart or God blesses you, the way you talk about it matters a lot to people. I say this all the time. You can say anything you want to say to somebody if you learn to say it the right way. 
Almost anything to anybody. Don't take that uh, literal there. And then here's what happens the the, the next time. It says this in verse 9. So uh, soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. He didn't learn the first time. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well, as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come to bow down to the ground before? you. You're going to find out in the coming weeks, guys, um, what will happen. But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. His dad knew God was doing something in his heart. And this actually was what you call like a prophetic dream, a, a futuristic dream where, where God had laid that on Joseph's heart. And you'll see that thing come to pass. And his, his dad knew God was doing something inside of him. And it says this here in verse 12. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's uh, flocks at Shechem. And when they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I will send you to them. I want you to skip down to verse 18, and we'll continue the story. It says this, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns, which is a well. And we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him and we'll see what becomes of his dreams. This is pretty vicious right here, right? This is his own brothers. This is his family here. Verse 21 says, but when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? He didn't want to get his hands messy, right? He didn't want to get any blood on his clothes. He said, let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness, and then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. And Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. And now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. And just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels coming uh, towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. What happens next is Joseph is shackled hand and foot. He is sold to Ishmaelite traders to go to a land where he's not familiar with the language. He is separated from his family at 17 years old, not knowing what will happen. See, you and I, if you've been in church, maybe you do know the story. Maybe you can finish it and say, yeah, but you know, at the end of it, you're going to realize as you walk through these things, Joseph had no clue what was happening. His brothers who he loved, he was just naive, maybe a little prideful. Sometimes the things go hand in hand, right? It's sold to the Israelites' enemies, to be a slave for the rest of his life. Can you imagine the feeling of hurt and dejection and disappointment, fear that he was facing? But what you're going to see through this message and every one of the messages you read the life of Joseph, the theme of Joseph's life was God was with him. See, in American Christianity, we have formed that if God is with you, everything just works out perfectly, right? If God is with you, it all just comes together. That's what we say, right? Well, if God is with you, blessings to follow. If God is with you, the new car will happen and the job will happen. And everything's just going to be perfect if God is with you. But when we look at the life of Joseph, that's the complete opposite. Like if, if I told you a story of somebody right now that happened to, and I just left it and said, yeah, God was really with them. You'd be like, 
We need to, we need to pray for that. We need to help this person. God's not with them. Are you, are you serious? And the story of Joseph is from time after time, everything he goes through, God was with him. And what we see in Joseph's life is that God used his painful seasons in a powerful way, not only for him, but to shape the life of nations around him. And he never would have believed it, and I never would have believed it, and you never would have believed it if you were sitting there that day and saw him walking off with Ishmaelite traders to be a slave for the rest of his life. But see, that's how God works. And somehow along the, along the way, we've missed that in Christianity. We ask the questions, why would God allow pain? Why would God allow suffering? Why would God allow me to go through this? And I want to answer that question today. Because if we don't understand that there's, a, there, there's an, an end result to pain, if you don't understand that God will use your pain in a powerful way, then it will cripple you in your faith journey. That's right. Matter of fact, you may walk, may walk away from your faith journey. You may shrink back from really believing God is good deep down inside. But here's what happens. If you don't know that pain has a reward, you won't go through the pain. But, okay, for instance, for instance, for, you can all get this. There's something called the gym, and that's not a person you know that lives down the street from you. <laughs> why would somebody go and make their body sore? Why would they sweat? My wife asks me all the time, why, why would I want to go sweat like that for? Ugh. Why do I want to put my, my, my body through pain? Why, did I, why do I do that? You know why? Because the pain has a purpose. The pain has an end result that I see. See, your brain works with a reward system. You know that? It's called the limbic reward system. Google that and search it this week. You will go through something if you know there's a reward there for it. And the same thing happens with pain in our lives. If you know that there's an end result, if you know there's a purpose, you'll go through it. Why do people eat healthy? It's gross. <laughs> right? Like it's now taking me six years to actually like almonds and drink nothing but water. And, and I mean like, you know, and it's like, oh man, I love really good nasty food. Y'all, I went to Jack Brown's on Wednesday and had my spinach and artichoke burger. Oh, best burger place in Richmond. But why do you go through those things? Why do you put yourself through the pain of getting out of debt? Because, why? There's an end goal in mind. There's a, a reward that you see. And I want to encourage you today that when you go through painful seasons, if you understand how God works and how kind of God's economy works in these things, then you will actually push through and you'll see purpose in the pain that you're facing in your life. And if you don't get this, here's what happens. You're going to do fight or flight. That's right. Yep. Every time pain comes your way, you're going to fight it. Matter of fact, if you're like me, you're going to post it in the prayer group. Pray for me, for God to get this away from me. Yes. We are experts in our prayer lives about praying away pain, aren't we? We, we, we don't want our children to experience pain. We don't want us to experience it. We don't want, I mean, you got to realize that we, look at all the prayer requests that come up all the time, especially at church. It's all about a painful season. And our prayer is, God, get this thing away from me, please. And I'm that way. You'll fight God or you'll take flight. It's the fight or flight response. When pain comes your way, even your body, you do that. You'll say, you know what? I'm done. This hurts too bad. This is too much on me. It's, it's not worth it. Why? Because you don't see the end goal in mind. And I want to encourage you today, when you go through a painful season, God wants to use that painful season just like Joseph in a powerful way. I don't know what the powerful way is going to look like. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could sit down with you and say, yeah, I, I know that you're going through this. It's, going to, it, it's not all going to work out sometimes. Can I be honest with you? 
We have created a fairy tale Christianity. But I can't tell you what will happen. As I said last week, it may not work out, but God will work in you if you'll let him during that situation. Amen. It may not all just come together, but God will work in your life. And so when you go through those, those times in your life, understand that God will use that in a powerful way. You know, some of the most powerful times of my life weren't at revival services or youth camps. It wasn't when everybody was at the crescendo of praise and worship. It wasn't, yeah, there's no mountain you won't climb up. Yeah, I'm at church. It's awesome. You know, the most powerful times of my life were the worst times of my life. Now, going through it, going through it, it's terrible. Going through it's not fun. But when I look back on it, it created something in me that I could not have had created without the pain in my life. And, you know, it's one of those things for me. Uh, I had a guy tell me recently, and it was a very flattering comment, he said, you're very wise for your age. Well, I'm getting old now, so I'm not sure how, how flattering that is anymore. But you know one thing, experience doesn't make you smarter. It's evaluated experience, meaning that when you go through it, did you get something from it? Right. And I think about my life, you know, matter of fact, this series is called When Life Gives You Lemons. I have a lemon tattooed on me. Why? Because when life gives me, life has given me a lot of lemons. I, I said that to my wife. She's like, wait a minute, y'all. Oh, am I a lemon? I was like, no, 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 baby. baby. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> but literally the story of my life has been God will give me a lemon I got, and I'm going to make lemonade from it because that's what God specializes in. In the most painful seasons of my life, God did something in me he could not have done without that painful season. And I've shared my story with you time and time again. And, you know, we planted this church and started it, man, from scratch with 20 people that were mature. They were senior citizens. They were mature. No money. I buried my mom and preached her funeral. Never got to grieve because we were launching. Buried my grandma the year after, preached her funeral. The year after, I watched my dad tragically die, and I preached his funeral and launched another campus right there. I still haven't been to his grave site yet. And just kept going and going. We had a child. We built a house. And we just, we planted a church in seven. It's just been one thing after another. And in 2014 and 15, I preached 200 times that year. Now, to give you an example of that, the average preacher preaches 50 times a year. 200 times. And can I tell you something? It was some of the most painful seasons of my life personally. I would get on stage, take a deep breath and say, Bordeaux, pull it together. You can do this. It was the hardest season of my life. But can I tell you something? I am so thankful that God allowed every bit of it in my life. Now, did I want the story to go that way? I didn't. But I'm so thankful because in me, it created in me, listen, resilience. It created in me steadfastness. See, you don't know who God is until you go through something. You, you don't know about forgiving someone until you've been hurt. You, you don't know about needing God to be your healer until you've been sick. You don't know about God needing to be your provider until you don't have anything. And just like Job said, he said, I had heard of God. I, you know, I knew about God. He says, but after I lost everything in my life, he said, at the very end, then I really knew who God was. I didn't know who he was before. And I'm thankful for that. And you know why God sometimes will allow painful seasons? Write this down in your notes. This is key. Because he wants to deepen our well. He wants to deepen our well. God, why? He wants to deepen our will. Have you ever been around a believer who has been through some stuff? And you sit with them and they love Jesus with all their heart. And they've lost stuff and they've lost people. And, and they have something to say. 
They have a well, a deep well that you're drinking from. There are believers I'll sit with who have been through tragedy. And you talk to them, you're like, man, it's like I'm getting refreshed when I get around this brother or sister. Like everything that comes out of them is just refreshing. Why? Because they've been through a painful season and understand that God would use it in a powerful way. And they're beginning to pour into others. And when you're going through a season like that, just understand God's deepening your well. Because if you're like me and you're from the south, the deepest wells have the coldest water, right? It's the shallow wells that have the lukewarm water that doesn't taste as good. It's the deep wells that do. And when you're going through that, one of the powerful things God will do is he will deepen the well of your soul so that when you speak, you actually have something to say. There are, there are way too me people who want to speak but have nothing to say. All right. Matter of fact, I, I called my friend up. I was on Iron Bridge Road a few weeks ago driving here into the office and I said, hey, hey Brett, I said, do you remember that, that quote you told me? We're back in 2003. That's like 16 years ago. I said, you remember that quote from Dr. Sam Chan? He, he said, which one? I said, the one where he says that your ability to lead, your ability to make impact is directly proportionate to your threshold of pain. Wow. That your ability to lead is directly proportionate. I said, you remember I used to teach that? He said, yeah. I said, you remember you used to teach that? I said, isn't it amazing? I used to teach it and had no clue what it meant. Because in 2003, I had not been through anything yet. I didn't know what pain was. I was teaching something that had never happened to me. And then from that time on until this point now, now I understand what pain is. Now I understand. And so understand that when God sends you through something like that, on the other side of it, he's deepening your well so that when you share with someone about what you went through and how God met you in that time and how it was the darkest time of your life and you weren't sure you were to make it and you were depressed and you were discouraged, they say, I feel the same way. See, if you always pray that pain away and you never go through it, you'll never have a story for someone else to read from. And that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to deepen our well. And so here's what I want you to do. Here's my pastoral plea to you and write this in your notes. Here's our next step. We do this every week. You know the drill. This is Monday through Saturday, y'all, because it's coming. Thursday's coming and you won't be in church. I want you to, to do this right here. Leverage your painful seasons. Leverage your painful seasons. You know what leverage means? It means to use to your advantage. To use something against you for your advantage. Do you know what lifting weights is? It's just using something against you for your advantage and you're building muscle. Matter of fact, financial people use this word a lot. If you look in Webster's, a lot of financial thoughts that, that investors will take money that's borrowed a certain percentage that's a risk, that's a liability, and they will invest that money believing that it's going to bring more return on the end. I'm going somewhere with this. They take that money they borrowed at a certain interest and they invest it believing there's going to be a future return on it. That's what we have to do with pain. If you want to leverage your pain, realize, and you've got to believe in your heart, that God God will use that pain for a purpose in a later day in your life for someone else. You've got to believe that. That's how you leverage the pain. The same way that you use weights and you're like, man, this, this is hard. Why am I doing this? You're using something against you. I got resistance bands. Anybody ever used resistance bands before? Man, those things are of the devil, man. I don't know who created them, but I, <laughs> if I wasn't a Christian, I'd slap them. But, but these bands, you're using this resistance against you to build muscle. And that's what you do when you go through a painful season. You take that resistance, the thing that's coming against you, and you use it to build you. And that's what I want you to do when you're facing that painful season and there's nobody around to talk to. And you feel like the world's falling apart. 
Let it come back to your mind. I've got to leverage this painful season. Why? Because God wants to use it in a powerful way. There'll come a day that somebody wants to drink from my well. And they're going to need my story. And they're going to need what God has done inside of me. Matter of fact, I, I love, there's two verses here I want to share with you. Uh, two, two verses that will blow your mind. Romans 5.3 says this, and Paul wrote to the church at Rome. And he says this, you can put this in your notes. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We can rejoice when we run into the problems. We don't rejoice, do we? You can say no, because I know y'all. I see y'all's post on Instagram and Facebook. There's nobody in this church rejoicing. I have never seen anybody rejoice in a trial ever, including myself. But look at what the New Testament says. See, this is different than what we've created Christianity to be. He says, when we run into problems and trials, why? For we know that they help us develop endurance. How in the world could Paul and those believers in the first century rejoice in trials? He says, for we know that. There's a reward that's greater than the situation I'm going through. That it creates endurance in our faith. Now listen to this in James 1, 2, and 3. This is crazy. This is a different guy in a different area of the region, ministering to different people in the first century. This is the half-brother of Jesus. And he writes this to a group of believers. He says, dear brothers and sisters, for when troubles of any kind come your way, post it on Facebook and ask everybody to pray. It's good to to post and ask for prayer. I'm just teasing it. When troubles of any kind come your way, get angry at God. Ask him, why do I have to go through this? When troubles of any kind come your way, get discouraged. Look what this guy writes. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What you talking about, Willis? Great joy. These are troubles. These are trials. These are hardships. Why would I consider it great joy? And look at verse 3. It sounds like the same thing. For we, for you know that purpose, end result, reward, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. The reason many believers don't have endurance is because they don't allow their faith to be tested. All right. The reason many believers fall away from following Jesus when tough times come and they shrink back is they don't understand this right here. They've never leveraged their painful season for God to do something amazing through it. That when they're going through that, they can just like Joseph have a quiet confidence. You never see once in this whole story Joseph complain, get angry at God. He never has conversations about God, why did you forget me? Why did you allow this, allow me to go through this? Because I believe deep down inside, Joseph knew that dream was from God. Yeah. And he knew God had, had spoken to his heart. And he deep down knew inside that God would use that. The testimony of Joseph was God was with him. And here's what you have to do. And this is what I close with here. Write this in your notes. Don't just get through the season. Get the season through you. All right. Don't just get through the season of life when pain comes. Don't just get through painful seasons. Many of us are just trying to survive it. We're just trying to hopefully it'll pass. Hopefully I can just get this thing away from me. But very few believers ever pause during those times and say, God, I know that in this I'm going to rejoice. Because you have something great in mind. Because you have an end result in mind. I had a mentor tell me this when it came to the Bible. He said, don't just get through the Bible. Get the Bible through you. Okay, the 365 year or day Bible plan, that's a good thing to have, right? 
And we should do that. We should memorize scripture. But there's a lot of believers who can memorize scripture but have never let the scripture go from their head to their heart. They've never sat as they've read a scripture and says, how did this apply to me? I sat in a men's group back in the, one of the first churches I ever started. And one of the things every one of those men did, they always said, well, as I read this, here's what you need to do and you need to do and we need to do. I paused. And I said, hey, guys, will y'all just shut up for a second? You sound like a bunch of men. I said, let me ask you a question. When you read this, what does God say to you about you? About your marriage and about your, what does he say to you about you? I said, you're just getting through, you just, you just get, you know the scriptures. It never got through you. It never resonated in you. When you go through a painful season, it's more important what God does in you than he does through you. And we live in a generation where, oh, God wants to do great things through you. Greatness awaits me. Success. But nobody wants God to do anything in them. They all want God to do something through them. And I talk to young ministers and pastors all the time. And they all want God to do something great through them. And I'm like, man, if you want God to do something great in you, you've like, you got to let him, you got to let him beat you up in a good way. A.W. Tozer said this, I say it all the time, my favorite uh, quote from him, if God uses a person greatly, he's going to wound them deeply. And if you want God to do something in your life, when you go through a painful season, don't just pray it away. Don't just wish it would go away. But say, God, during this, I want to know you through this. And I know through this story, somebody else is going to be encouraged. That somebody else needs this. Don't just get through your season. Get the season through you. Why? Because God wants to use your, use your painful season in a powerful way. Before my mom shriveled up and died of cancer at 62 years old, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. My, my grandmother had died when I was nine years old. At eight or nine, you, you know, you, you still aren't really connective, I think, with certain things. Somebody would tell me they had cancer. I'm like, oh, I'm praying for you. It's tough. That's, that's how I felt before my mom died. I'll be honest with you. Now when somebody tells me that their loved one has cancer or they're going into hospice, man, I'm going to tell you something. It's almost impossible for me to walk in a hospice situation. It's almost impossible. I will cry like a baby before I go in, and I'll cry the rest of the day, and I can't sleep at night. That's how bad it is for me to even go in hospitals. People don't know that about me. Before, I didn't care. But I went through it. I, I know how somebody feels going through it. Before, I didn't have that. And if you want to impact people in their lives, take that painful season you went through, that divorce, take that hurt, take that betrayal, and let God heal that, let God wound that, and then you can minister to others in a way because now you know what they're going through. And you know how God has met you in it. What are you facing today? Why did God bring you to Thrive Church? Because I believe every one of us at some level are going through a painful season. We're going through something that God wants to leverage. When life gives you lemons, what do you do with it? You're going to make some lemonade, baby. Some good tasting lemonade with it. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, I pray that with everyone in here going through something in their life, that they're facing a trial, they're facing a trouble, that Lord, you would give them strength right now and give them perspective, God, to not just try to get the season away, to not just pray the situation away. But Father, as we look at the life of Joseph and all the pain that he went through, that God, you had to do something inside of him at 17 before you could do something through him at 33. I pray, Father, that you would help every one of us to leverage our painful seasons 
so they can be used in a powerful way so other people can drink from the well of our experience, God, and they can continue to follow you through difficult times. Lord, help us to rejoice in trials and troubles. Give us that ability, Father. God, we love you in this place and we thank you that just like Joseph, you are with us in everything that we experience, God. You never take a break. You never back off from us. You never put us in time out, but you're with us in the situations that we go through. Now, God, help us to know you in those situations. As we're praying today, church, maybe today you walked away from your faith. Maybe you found yourself in a situation in life where you begin to shrink back from following Jesus with all of your heart. And you know today God has brought you here to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus. And you're saying today is my day to make this decision. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. If you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with you right now where you're sitting. As we're all in a mode of prayer, you can pray this with me and after me. And you just say, God, forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe he died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. And today, I make Jesus my Lord. Today, I receive the forgiveness of sins. God, thank you for accepting me. Now, God, I believe that you'll be with me and you want to work in me through every trouble and trial I experience in my life. And it's in Jesus' good name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for those who made a decision for Christ today.